listening to I Am Shatoria, where we talk about love, hope, and a whole lot of faith. I'm your host, Shatoria, and we are here for another show, but we are still talking about Black men in America. You met my brothers last week as we talked about working in the community and the identity of Black men and actually what it meant to them. So I'm going to let, we're going to welcome them back again. We're going to chit chat some more, but today's conversation is a little different. We're talking about relationships within the Black community. I'm going to introduce my bros again, and we're just going to jump right into it. So my, my, my brother, Big Bro Gino, my brother Dro, and my boy JB. All right, mm-hmm. y'all, y'all ready for this first question? We're just going to jump right on in so we can get the topic going. So we're talking about relationships within Black men. We cover community, but let's talk about the nitty-gritty that keeps us focused on a daily basis. So relationship as a Black man, and we there's different forms. You have girlfriends, spouses, you know, your kids, and things like that. So let's talk about the feelings of being that Black man married and so for everybody that's listening you three are definitely different in that aspect um which i'll let you tell your own story on that as you give your insight but to be married to uh, a, a black woman in black america there's different expectations there's different thought processes there's different things desired so and, and every man wants to be loved in a different way so how do you feel about one being married to a black woman the love that she gives and what is your complex of just a black woman, period? Anybody can go. <laughs> Who want to take lead on this one? I'll start. Go I'll ahead, start. bro. Okay, Drew. Okay. I think when I, when I look at the black woman, I look at black woman as strength. You know, I look at it as, 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 as my rock. You know what I mean? That is the person that I can, I can come to and she will help push me and get me to where I need to be. And I think like that's what I that's what I admire about my wife, you know. I admire about you know black women in general. They they, you know, even though we're viewed as men and providers and everything else, they really are our strength and our biggest our biggest you know like I don't want to say, use the word cheerleader, but our biggest support factor. And without them, we can't succeed. And at the end of the day, I'll just say that you know a black woman is extremely powerful. They're powerful in all circles of life. You know, that statement, even on the job front, they say, if you want to hire someone, you hire a black woman because they'll get the job done. That's facts. Now, let me tell you something else. And when it comes down to relationships, black women are, are, are essential. They're needed. They know what their purpose is there to help uplift and build their men. They have their own roles. You know, they have what they're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, they're strength. And the way I look at it is I view black women as strength to me. So I'm going to go last. Oh, okay. So you're gonna punt it off to me, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm take a bit of a different approach from uh, my boy Joe. Um, first off, I want to echo everything Joe said because that's that's true. You know, what I'm saying I don't I don't want to rehash that because you already did it. But I want to come at this from two different two different angles, right? I'm just gonna stick to the relationship form of it. When it comes to relationships, man, like there's two things that we need to practice and focus on: mm. communication and understanding. That's the bottom line. That's with anything in life, and it applies to relationships too. And when I say communicate, there there's a proper way to do it, <laughs> you know. So like, you know, I'm gonna just share a story with y'all. Like, Shatur, I shared this with you in our first podcast. I grew up in a household where communication was was trash. I'm just gonna be honest about it. I don't blame my parents for it because their parents did it to them, and I'm pretty sure their parents did it to them. It's just a, it's an environment thing. So communication was horrible. And so when I got into the real world. 
what did I bring into the world? The same old communication. And, um, and it wasn't until several, several, several failed relationships, several, several women crying, you know, you trash, telling me I'm trash, I don't know how to communicate. It wasn't until I was like 28, 29, close to 30, that I realized that, bro, you don't know how to communicate. You really don't. And so I shifted my focus on the second part, trying to understand myself and the person that I was with. And um, that in itself takes a, a lot of self-reflection because to understand someone else, you need to understand yourself first. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna be then you're just a lost soul trying to understand someone without understanding yourself. So I focus on understanding because relationships is about understanding what works for your partner, understanding what may not work, understanding what drives them, what motivates them, what inspires them, what makes them sad, what you shouldn't say to them, what you should say to them. The understanding piece is is probably the second biggest piece next to communication. And so in any relationship, specifically, <laughs> more specifically with a black woman, we need to understand them because they we all got a story, right? We all got a past. And so without understanding someone, um, you, you're not going to be able to communicate with them. So I feel like those two go hand in hand when I say communication and understanding. But um, like I told y'all uh, before the before the interview kicked off, man, this is a broad topic. There's a lot I can say say about it, but I don't want to take too much of the time away from uh, the, the the great things you know got to say about relationships. So <laughs> I'm gonna let you uh, I'm gonna let you come in, man, and I I, I may pick it back, but we'll see. So go ahead, go talk to him. All right, Gino. All right, so um, I'm married. Um, then we've been together for almost. 14 years, been married for the last five years, um, four kids, both of us been previously married too. So this is, uh, uh, like you said, it's a broad topic, but I'm gonna tell you like this, there's a divide just uh, not in relationships, but in the black community between black men and black women. For some odd reason, we have this uh, who got it worse in America mm. point of view. And it, it's gotten to the point where even in relationships, it affects us that, you know, uh, a black man can come home to his wife and say, oh, this happened at work where there's no empathy there because a black woman is like, well, you don't know this because I got to deal with this at work, deal with this at work and all this other stuff. So there's a breakdown, like you said, in communication, first off. So we we got a lot of wounds to heal before we, uh, I would say before we even think about getting in relationships far as, as a, a, a community, as a whole, um, and I, you know, I might say some stuff that's controversial, but this is who I am. I, I, I say what I feel and I say what I see. And I see that black men today, we are weak. Yeah. We are weak in the, in, in the aspect of uh, falling victim to uh, peer pressure the whole, um, the topic of, um, what, what they call it, uh, toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. So men don't want to be men because they don't want to be labeled as toxic masculinity. They're working. Mm-hmm. 
So this is, and this is the breakdown of the black family to me is that men don't want to be men because they're so afraid of the backlash of a black man standing up and being a man. Then you got to look at the other side is our black woman. Our black woman is so influenced uh, by, and so, um, you know, flattery. America has flattered the black woman. They, they come out and they say, which a lot of these things are true. Don't get me, black women are the most educated, which is true. Black America started echoing that. Black, black, uh, you, the, the America has started saying that, you know, black women are independent. They're strong. They don't need help. They all this other stuff, which is not true because right. nobody makes it alone. Nobody can survive this life alone. But black women have took it, taken that to heart where to the point where they don't want help. They don't want to need anybody. They don't want to need a black man. They don't want to need a man. They feel that, you know, I can raise my kids on, on my own and all this other stuff. Well, that's not true because look how that has worked out for us so far. Now, don't get me wrong. They complain about, we, and, and like I said, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Black women, we complain about black men out here today. Now, don't get me wrong. There's, there's deadbeat fathers out here. There's, there's cats that have kids and don't take care of them. But what about the black women that keep their kids from their, their, their father? What about the black women that negate what the father says because they think that they're more important in the child's life than the father? So there's black women out here that say, there's no good black men out here. There's no good men out here. Well, take responsibility for that because you raised these men because you can't have it both ways. You can't say the black man wasn't there and then say that the black man is black man's fault that these men are ain't messed up. No, I'm, I'm just saying there's enough to go around the black community. Black men are at fault for not being there. Mm -hmm. Black women are at fault for not letting their child see their fathers, the ones that are there. And just to quote a statistic in 2015, there was a study done by all these universities that showed uh, black, well, families, the effects of men being in families. So they did Asian communities, white communities, uh, Hispanic communities, uh, black communities, and then they had others. Do you know the black community only scored 7% of what they would call deadbeat fathers? Only 7% of black men scored as deadbeat fathers, which is the lowest in every um, uh, race. Race. In America. 7%. So wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you. So you're saying the 7% saying we are more, we're not as deadbeat as society say we are? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. That's this interesting. That's interesting. That, you know, um, we're all at fault for you know, what's happening to our community. For first off, buying into the, uh, the uh, propaganda that America's pushed to us consistently, that black men ain't shit, excuse my French. Then we buying the propaganda of uh, black women, they are all strong and independent, they don't need a man and all this other stuff. We fall, in, we fall victim to that and we make it a lifestyle for us, for ourselves. 
which destroys our community, which creates a divide. They'll come and tell you that, you know, black men are treated uh, so bad in America, you know, it's black women are being so successful in America, it's hard for them to find a mate that matches them or matches their income and all this other stuff. It matches their drive, like black men ain't trying in America. So I, I like to pose this question though. You know, I know we're talking about black men and women relationships and me and my wife, we talk about this all the time. Um, and I think we have a great uh, relationship when it comes to communication in that aspect um, of talking about things and how we feel about certain things. Because I know uh, black women have a different struggle than black men. Black men have a different struggle from black women. But black women aren't the oppressor of black men. Black men aren't the oppressor of black women. So why are we going at each other's neck? Anything in America that they put out in, a, in front of the black community has never been good for the black community. So they consistently say, black women, you are strong, you are independent. You're strong, you're independent. America continues to push that while they go home to their wives or their wives come home to their husbands. They continue to push that to the black, black community. For one, Wait, let me stop you, bro. Let me ask you a question. Make sure I'm following you. Yeah. So what you're saying is society saying, you know, oh, no, you're strong. You're strong. You can handle that. You can handle being single. You can handle being a single mom. You can handle, that's what you kind of focusing on by saying what you're saying right now? Yes. So, okay, I, that's I was asking because you said, you know, they get to go home to their wives, get to go home to their husbands. So, but you got it over here because you're a strong yeah. black woman. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. So they, they broke down black women. Women. As a black woman, I will say that is a, that is huge you hear that. I think another issue is you have a lot of black women who who are in a single home raising boys make the boy feel like he's the head of the household and that's also not the case because we're not training them up to handle business like they're supposed to. That's not their responsibility. That's where their father comes to play. And, and so I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in just a second because that's a big part of this too. I told y'all this was a broad topic, boy. And that, and that, hey, that boy don't took off now. Gino don't took off. <laughs> relationship thing is it's a it's it's an onion you got to keep peeling the layers off because uh it starts from a child but i want to finish off what i was saying far as um, how america treats black men and black women and this mm -hmm. is how i see our relationships not working and i see all these broken families um we 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 are pushed to being more um uh, what what they call it um uh promiscuous we'll push to be more promiscuous instead of starting relationships and building families and, and lives together because and one thing i want to say is is that i want to ask a question this is for black and white women when have america and excuse how i'm saying it ever gave a fuck about a woman mm. when has america ever gave a fuck about a woman answer that and then look at what they're doing to black women specifically 
by saying, you know, consistently pumping in their head that, you know, you don't need a black man. You don't need a man. You, you can raise your kids alone. You can do this. You can do that. You can do this by yourself. You don't need nobody. They, 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 there's, it's, it's, and I don't want to say it started, but they, uh, you got to look at the welfare program, how that used to be ran from, uh, in the seventies all the way into the eighties of how they used to have uh, social workers come to your house to make sure a man is not living there. And they'll, they'll, they'll make sure you have money. You'll, they'll make sure you have food stamps. Your kids are taken care of and all this stuff. As long as you don't have a man sitting in there. So they made it where uh, you don't have to depend on a black man, you can de you can depend on us. We'll we'll just take care of that stuff. You know, you'll never get better than what you are, but we'll keep you. We won't let you fall further. Then you have the child support system. Do you know we are still running off the same child support system that they created back in sixties? That they created back in the sixties when women wasn't really working. When the when the man was the real breadwinner. So you still taking now. You have, and, and this is for the black community specific that I'm talking about, is that now you have black men who are struggling to take care of themselves now. They pushed you to be promiscuous instead of building relationships. And, you, and this is what our community is now. We're, we're promiscuous instead of loving, building love and a foundation, raising kids together. We're promiscuous. Everything is, is, is about having a good time and being sexual deviants. So we have these kids and then they punish you, but not even punish. I'm not even gonna say punish. I'm gonna say they enact their plan. <laughs> they take more, almost more than half of a man's check and gives it to the woman. You gotta think about the psychological part of this is that a man, a man specifically, a masculine man that can't take care of himself, he's gonna hate whatever's causing him not to be able to take care of himself. And he's gonna distance himself from that thing. So what did that make him? a deadbeat father, because now he don't like that mother of his child. He don't like that child. And it's not even the child's fault. And who ultimately pays for it? The child. And the cycle continues like that. Because we raised this child in this system that, and what's crazy, I'm going to quote an uh, uh, author, I can't remember his name right now, but he wrote the, the, uh, the it's a little book and it includes the Willie Lynch letter, and it's the call. It's called "Making of a Slave." I heard, I heard about that. Never read it, but I heard about it. Yeah, and uh, um, everybody's heard about the Willie Lynch letter. Mm -hmm. So in this this book, he writes about he he puts the Willie Lynch letter in there, and then he breaks it down constantly. So, uh, the making of a slave. He says that though the woman is the key. And just like uh, Dro said uh, earlier, that our black women is the backbone of everything we do, everything we can accomplish. They're, they're, they're our driving motivation for men to get out here and even fight and lay down their lives for them, go to war for them. They're our driving motivation for everything. 
And not only are they the driving motivation, they are the strength of our community too. So you got to look at it like this. In the, in the book, it says that the woman is the key to continuously controlling, controlling the black man. Yeah. Because not only will she uh, control the man, the black man, and I talked about men don't want to be men anymore because they're afraid of a, a black woman calling them toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not only will they control the men, but they indoctrinate the kids into the system. Because imagine being a slave as a black woman and seeing your black husband, your strong black husband, get beat, raped in front of you. And now he can't protect your kids. You see, he can't protect you. So what do you do? Your uh, mother's instinct is to protect those kids. So she hides her sons. So they won't get beaten and raped by these black men. She hides her sons. She protects them. She, she babies him. She never lets him be a man because if she, he's a man, then they see him as a threat. And they will, they will destroy him. So she protects and hides him. Her daughters, she make useful. She never shows them love, really. But she makes them useful. She, tra- she trains them how to cook, how to clean, how to sew, how to do all these things to be useful so the masters won't get rid of them. So she's indoctrinating her kids into this system that they wanted her to. So these black kids will always fear that white master. They will never stand up and be men because they've been indoctrinated in a system. And we are still doing that to our kids today because they've removed the black man out of the family by being promiscuous, by like, I hate the saying that, you know, oh, I almost caught feelings. Like that's a bad thing. Right? Mm, hey, that's how some of us are brought up, man. That's true. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you now. I'm just, I'm just saying like, I grew up in that era or uh, that time frame where that's that stuff was it wasn't frowned upon. It was, like you felt you was you was uh chastised for having a girlfriend one from. Bro, I used to have, I used to have conversations with my big cousins, right? You know, that was that was all street cats, dope boys stuff. Mm-hmm. The first thing that come out of their mouth, I'm in elementary school. How many girlfriends you got? Right? That's the, it goes to what you're saying. Like that stuff is not good. Yeah. It, it wasn't until I was in my late 20s, like I said earlier, late 20s, early 30s, that I realized that man. I had, it, I had it wrong growing up. I had it wrong because, and I'm still preaching this to some of my cats back in the house. Bro, it's okay to love somebody. When you, when you, it's, love is a beautiful thing when it's right. It makes you feel wholesome. Um, it, it, it brings out parts of you that you don't even realize you have. But we don't, we don't, we don't even know how to love anymore because there's no love shown to us. None, none. There's no love shown to us because there's no black man and black woman in the house together anymore. So how can I learn to love? So a black woman cannot, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, you can tell a black boy how to be a man. You, you can try to tell him, but even, and, and this is probably the controversial, th- well, the most controversial thing I'm about to say. <laughs> um, I feel like that black women don't, well, not even black women, women cannot, sit up here and tell you what a man is. 
because you you see all the, the social media stuff, a real man to do this, a real man is this, a real man is that coming from women. Mm -hmm. You can't even make a decision on what to eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Half the time, right. Because as a, as, a, as a man, especially a black man, you have to be a chameleon and nobody has fought that up. You have to be a chameleon because a black woman doesn't even know what she needs all the time because it, when, she's, when she's stuck on the side of the road, who's she calling? That black man. Now you got to be a mechanic. When she's sick, who's she calling? That black man. Now you got to be a doctor. When she needs somebody to listen to her, when she come home from work and complain about the bitch she don't like, what you got to be? Now you got to be a psychologist. Yep, got to be the counselor. <laughs> yep. You know, add this to it too. Now, I will hands down agree with you on that. I And I stand by what I said last week when we talked about it. I don't know. I am a woman. I do not know how to teach my son to be a man. And again, that is not my responsibility. That is not my job. That is what his father is there for. So hands down, I agree with you on that. Um, the biggest question comes to terms as, you know, when you have your, your, your woman and your man relationship, it comes to a point where there's got to be a responsibility within us and how we are handling situations. Just like JB said, where we grew up from, we barely, and I know all of us are the same way, we, we barely saw a, a two-person household. I saw a two-person household, but those were my grandparents. So that's, to me, that's a bit different compared to the generation we got now. But at the same time, I think the problem that I have, me personally, with us as women, we're not patient. Um, I'm going to let Dro go last on answering that because he got a different... Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got a different... To me, a lot of times, we are not patient as women to make sure the head of the household is okay. But then again, it go back to what you said. We don't have a clear definition of what a man is because we go off of, and I'm just gonna call like I said, what society says what a man is. And that's my mm -hmm. problem. Society yeah. says a man is a person who makes six figures. Society says this man's supposed to be a blue collar. He needs to have on a suit when he goes to work. And my biggest pet peeve is I hear women say, and I've read it and I've seen it on social media. Well, he needs to make sure he pays all the bills because this is what it says he should be able to do a b c and d hey man i have i have conversations about this stuff all the time with, with, and this with is my problem we go into a relationship with a mindset of it's going to be 50 50 it's going to be this it's going to be that and a lot of times we as women we go in with such a demeaning stance to where if he makes a dime lower than me he's nobody and I cannot disagree with that most. And the problem that I have is one of the, it's a picture out there of a black man holding the world on his shoulder. I take heed to that. I love that picture because that's a true statement because at the end of the day, when a black man hurt, he's not trying to put that weight onto a woman because she has enough going on. But if a woman cannot have that communication, that understanding with her spouse, with her man to make sure he's good, then we, we have a whole unbalanced problem because just like men needs to be there for us, my heart, me, and, and it, it could just be me. I'm that individual. I need to have. I need to give my husband that same energy, that same energy he gives me. I should be able to give to him, even if I can't carry everything. Doggone it! Let me was let me in. I agree, but at the same time, every everybody is different, and everybody every relationship is different. So there's no cookie cutter uh, process for a relationship. Yeah, this like I said, man. It's a broad topic, man. It's just. 
what you said is is getting the understanding. That's understanding the communication, bro. The communication part is understanding. Okay, if we're gonna get married, if we're gonna be in this relationship, uh, what is it? What do you see us being? What what is it that you need from me? What I need from you? And like you said earlier about you know women thinking a man's supposed to pay for everything. Look here. <laughs> His whole face just. <laughs> hey, bro, don't get me started, man. I'm gonna leave my input out. I'm gonna just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll tell you like this. I will, I will give every dime of my check to my, my woman. I would, I would pay for everything. I would do all this other stuff, and regardless of what she is doing, but I expect her to do the same. Because it's not my money, it's not her money. Because we are married, it's our money. So when I'm, what you, you think you get to go to work and make your money and keep it, it in your pocket, and, right, and, right, <laughs> paying everything and making all this other stuff. No, and then come home and help take care of kids. No, see, y'all wanted, y'all wanted, y'all wanted two ways. <laughs> to be a 1950s man. Well, but with that 1950s man to be a 1950s wife, oh, it's a problem. Oh, you show me this. You think I'm supposed to cook all day? You honestly take clean, do the dishes, laundry. (laughs) No, no, no. But I'm gonna add to that, like you said, the 19th. So here's the problem with us as women. Sure, we want that 1950s man, but then again, we still do not want to communicate. We as soon as you mess up, like you said earlier, you're a deadbeat, you're nothing. As soon as you can do such and such, then you're nothing to me. And that's the problem that I have with the generation today, which goes into that question that so, I had. That's just not the generation today. No, <laughs> it's not. So, I, I, here's, so here's the thing. I said, so growing up with my grandmother, she grew up, she, she was mixed. She was Indian, German, and Black. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother was the, the mindset she had was, you know, my first granddaddy, he cheated, had a whole nother kid. Now, back in those days, they stayed. Not Miss Perkins. Miss Perkins was like, Papa Deuces, I'm going by my business. But what she taught me was, she didn't teach me to hate men. What she taught me was, was communication. She taught me was what it was to be in a relationship. Um, she didn't teach me, the, the other kids <laughs> taught me some of the things that I learned later on. But her thing was, I need you to be able to hold your own because if, he goes astray, you can handle your business. And she always used to tell me, don't be nobody's baby mama, baby daddy. That's that's the whole thing that became the downfall of us is, is that that was taught to us. Like like during slavery, like I said, and after slavery, the, uh, during, during the black codes and the Jim Crow laws and the lynchings, the uh, red summers and all these other things throughout history that was killing black men. Black women taught their kids, their girls specifically, how to survive if that man is gone. But see, these the 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 ones that was born in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, instead of you know taking heed and learning those things just in case, we've made it a lifestyle. I don't need a man. I don't need this. I'm I'm independent. I'm strong. I'm this. I'm that. Well, you just you you you're dividing us, right? And, and it starts becoming uh uh like I said the who got it worse in America type story. Hey Gino, I want to um 
Shator, you know, drove. I want to I want to share a story before we transition to the next question. Um, it's, 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 I'm gonna give you an example of a breakdown in communication. So I was in a relationship with somebody, right? For two years, right? This well, not not a relationship for two years, but this situation happened for two years. What I'm about to go, go into. I was I grew up in a, a household where if I cook, I clean the kitchen up. I'm one of those people where if I'm in the kitchen, get out of the way. Just y'all need you in here. Let me cook. Let me clean. Let me make it nice and tidy. So that's my that's my understanding of how things should work in the kitchen. But on the flip side, this person, she would cook and leave all the dishes around. I'm like, yo, like, what are you doing? This this is this clean the kitchen up, right? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm thinking. And so after a lot of fights, why didn't you clean the kitchen? Why didn't you do it? Why I didn't I didn't make the mess. That's my mind. I didn't make the mess. You know what I'm saying? You made the mess. So bottom line, for two years, we fought about this. It wasn't until we sat down and said, we communicated. Like I said, I said, bro, like, why didn't you, why do you always leave the kitchen like that? Well, I always thought if one person cooked, the other should clean. And that's when it hit like, wow, we never talked about this. She had an expectation of me and yep. I didn't have one of her. Yep. Because my expectation was, if I make the mess, I'm just going to clean it up. That's how I was brought up. If I spill some on the floor, I'm going to clean it up. If I, if I make this mess in the kitchen, I'm going to clean it up. She, she was on the expectation that if I cook, he should do the dishes. But we never talked about it. We never talked about it. That led to two years of resentment, trash talking, fights, and all kind of stuff. And it's and two, I mean, not, not that major, but me, me walking in the kitchen saying, bro, what the hell going on in here? You know what I'm saying? But anyway... After we talked about it it, it, it really just made sense. Life is all about communicating your expectation to your partner. If, if I don't know what you need me to do and I go off and do things the way I want to do it and it doesn't meet your expectation, that's a failure on my part to you. It doesn't necessarily make it a failure on my part, but in your mind, you're looking at it like, bro, like, what are you doing? That's not how that's supposed to go. But if that's never communicated, there's a that's the breakdown. Mm-hmm. And so I started this story to the listeners, man, because... It goes back to what I said earlier. If we don't communicate your expectation to your partner and vice versa, you're failing each other. And so, it's, I mean, even I always say to myself, if I get back out there in the dating game, the first person I date going to catch hell because I'm breaking down all my expectations of her, what I want in a partner, you know, how I move, what I do. And so <laughs> I want all my communication to be put out there up front so you know who you're dealing with. That's 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 where I'm at in life right now because, like I said, I've had fair relationships where I did communicate, and this person had an expectation. I didn't know what the expectation was. I didn't meet it, so now she's mad at me because I didn't meet her expectation. That's how that cycle goes, and until we have these conversations, that's going to continue to happen to people. And that's that's um, uh, Tutorial's question and, and what she said about you know our upbringing and being um, in single single parent homes and. You know, seeing one person do it all, I mean, that that has to, uh, it, play, it plays a part on how you end up doing things. Like you said, you cooked and you cleaned up the kitchen. Well, because that's what you saw probably. Right. Yeah. That's what you saw is, and it, that's why I was going to let Droko go next because he has a different point of view because he was raised differently and Go ahead, bro. So, and just to say before Joe goes, just to say, I didn't have a problem with her expectation. But if I would have known that, I would have yeah. cleaned the kit. You know what I'm saying? Just I wouldn't throw it out the night saying I had a problem with it because I was raised one way 
didn't mean that I wouldn't open the door it another way. And, you know, and, and that's that's what, you know, me and my wife, when we first start uh, dating and everything, is, is we had those type of problems where, you know, mm -hmm. we can communicate to what, what you need or, or what I need, and we just expect to happen, you know. But if you don't tell me I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing something, you didn't even give me a chance. Right. So, but you, but you still wrong in her mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it's about it's not. Hold on. Here's another thing with a communication before we hit it to drop. It's not even about me telling you. One thing that I learned, and I learned this talking to my husband. And I had to learn, and I had to listen. About it's mind readers, huh? Women think men mind readers. Yep. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's about how you communicate it. Because this is the thing. If as women we have a habit, we can we come in hard. Like I know you heard me, you know that type of stuff. And I've I've learned over over the years, y'all put that block up real quick. Like she coming at me sideways about a simple conversation, and it can throw your whole night off to where ain't nobody talking. Don't touch me, leave me alone. So that's another thing. It yes, communication, but at the same time, and again, I'm speaking for women. We get upset when I, when we. First of all, we ask for a direct man, but then we can't handle mm. when he says what he says because wait a minute, why you gotta say all that? And then we only listen to half of it anyway. But then that's that's to my next question. Go ahead, draw. We're we gonna come back to that because I'm gonna let go. That's, that's to my next question. So go ahead, draw. Uh, so for me, it's a little bit different because um, like I grew up with both my parents, you know, being together. Um, and there were, you know, there were, they, Put it this way, like they didn't, they didn't divorce. So from our time being in Africa, they were together, okay? And when we got to the United States, man, something happened. I'm gonna blame my pops, but we ain't gonna go there today. Yeah, you can, you know, but anyways. But my point is that, you know, I was able to see the family structure and what a man's supposed to be as far as providing for the family. And this also goes back to some of my principles on how, how I was, which ties into some of the things that was discussed earlier. So one of the things to, that I grew up in a very loving home, very supportive home. So for me, not I had to understand that not a lot of people grew up in that way. A lot of people grew up angry, frustrated, not having proper support, not having the, the you know, the, the, the two family home where folks can, you know, they can rely on both their mom, their mom and their father, you know? that I was able to actually have that for a good period of time. But I have to say that stopped at a young age, like most folks, you know, where it's like a, maybe like 11, 12 years old, right? When you're preteen, but you know, during that time frame, that's when the family starts changing, the dynamic dynamics start changing. So while it's not necessarily the same thing, it's different because I had the initial phase of my dad being there. I had everybody being there. Everything worked out, you know? And I saw love, I saw how things were. And then funny thing is I get to come to the States and then everything changes. You know, I'm looked at as being weird because I'm expressive with my feelings. I share how my feelings, I was always general. I was, I was, I was, I was open. I, I was open with my feelings and I never, it never bothered me. It didn't bother me until I became 18 to 22 years old. When people start questioning stupid shit, excuse me, like my sexuality for being open, that I'm not a masculine man because I don't talk a certain way, or I don't do X, Y, and Z. And I used to be like, damn, am I even black enough? 
and, you know, and, and am I even enough for, you know, black women? Because that's all I was dating. So like, you know, and even, even for me, it was really, it was really tough, you know? So, it, you know, and, and one of the things I had to do when I was dating was I had to tell people I was expressive. You know how frustrating it is to tell people like, I, like listen, this is who I am. I, I am a very open person. I share my feelings. And I was always met with the same response. I don't care who the hell it was. They asked you the one question. Huh? They asked you that one question, didn't they? No, what, what, what was the question? Are, are you gay? Because you're expressive. You're, you're well, that that is it, actually that's that I do get. Did they get? I get that time to time. But what I got was more along the lines of, you know, I'm not. That's I'm not used to that. I don't know if I. You yeah. Know, Why are you always in your feeling? I ain't no middle dude in they feeling. Every even even the most even the we're not going to even talk about education because that doesn't matter at this point. This is relationship. Right. You know, down to relationships, it didn't matter who, how educated they were. The same context was brought up in different different layers and different ways of putting it, but it was always the same thing. And I'd be like, well, damn, how am I supposed to be? Well, I'm not used to this because I didn't have that. I didn't do that. So, you know, the way I look at uh, the way I look at relationships is, and especially now, like I'm very expressive of who I am and how I share my emotions, you know, and even when I do have my own kids, because I was raised up on that. Life has also taught me how to be a lot more tough because I had to learn on my own and, and go through the struggle of dealing with people and dynamics, which also has allowed me to kind of see this is how I need to be as well instead of being X, Y, and Z. But that takes time. But unfortunately, when it comes down to relationships and, and all that, you know, life is, is the greatest teacher of, you know, of it all, like time. And I think that one thing that I'm noticing is that even now, and I find it the most disgusting crap, and sometimes I don't like People are so afraid of being who they are and so afraid of being open about their feelings that they miss the opportunity for the perfect development and growth. I guarantee you, people always talk about missing the one. They've missed millions and multiple lifetimes of people in their life because they choose to be in the same place. It's, it's because uh, society is... <laughs> I'm sorry. Society, boy. Is a motherfucker. Like society, um, um, is, society is a crush to something that you know so, you said last week about life, life construct. Yeah, life yeah. construct. I'll, I'll tell you the image mm. of what a black man should be is so mm. like detrimental to our community and to ourselves. Like this is this is what crazy is is you know. And and this this goes for black men and black women. Black women want the thug. Black women want the 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 gangster. Black the bad boy, the dope boy. <laughs> they want they want a cat that makes six figures in the business with a suit and all this other stuff. Like hold on, like you like I said, you don't know what you want. But these are the images of black men they've been shown. All their lives, the, that on the movies, that's who the the girl goes for. On uh, in the music, that's who's rapping. They rapping about all this thug and gangster stuff and all this other shit. You know, that's not like healthy for our community at all. That's not our culture. And I hate when people say that's why the culture and all this other like that shit is not our culture. Like, now if you when you look at you know, culture, you got to go before slavery. 
You got to learn who we were, what tribe you was from, mm. and all this other stuff if you really want to know our culture. Mm. But then when our culture comes over here, the Africans that live here, we we talk about them, we disrespect them. We, I mean, we 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 separate ourselves from them. Like if there's such a divide between the African American and African. Yep. Now I will say this to something. Um, we talk about societies. One of my favorite shows. I love. I hate Chris, and I like that show because it shows the dynamic of a family together, and they're not rich. They're not none of that. They're they're living a life as husband and wife raising children, black people. Same thing, one of my favorite movies, Crooklyn. You know, you got these parents who are together to death do us part and they ain't got millions of money, but then again, you have it to where when we see good relationships, we say there gotta be something wrong with that. You know, mm -hmm. and, and, and the sad part about it is I'm talking about within our generations. Like, That's yeah, man. Our like, generations, it's a, it's a problem. Like, I'm going to take Dro as an example. Dro and Bree. It's a problem, and I see it all the time, because Dro and Bree should never have to put a, a disclaimer out about their relationship because they love each other that much, and they always blasting each other, saying I love you, things like that. And then you have us who says, oh, my God, they're doing too much. Why are they doing that? They shouldn't have to. No, you should be able to be free to love, do what you do, without your own demeaning your relationship when at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want that type but of relationship. This is why I say society is a motherfucker. For instance, like you was talking about TV shows, mm -hmm. the number one TV show, the best dad of all, the Cosby show. Hands down. <laughs> the Cosby show showed successful black family a black man and a black woman raising not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, and then grandkids in one house and making sure everybody's taken care of and being successful at it. Oh, and discipline too. Had to discipline them. And, and, and discipline too. But now, now, this is what bothered me when the whole Cosby thing happened and they're talking about he was drugging women and all this other stuff. You know, 1970s in Hollywood, everybody was taking drugs. These women came out after the fact and said that, yeah, they willingly took drugs and all this other stuff. All this other, like, seriously, they lied. They were they were paid to say these things. But not for the black community. The black community had all the jokes. The black women said, you know, turned on them and all this other stuff. But we didn't think about why is America doing this? Why 50 years later, this man is 80 years, 80 years. Now, don't get me wrong. If he was doing something wrong, he should have been prosecuted. He should have went to jail and all this other stuff. I, I, I agree with that 100%. But at the same time, you never think that America, again, brings me to my point of when have America ever given a fuck about a woman? It brings me to my point that America didn't prosecute Bill Cosby because it was the right thing to do. No, they prosecuted the image of what a black man should be in front of the world and made black men the face of toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement because you don't hear nothing about uh, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, do you? But they're still talking about Bill Cosby. 
You don't hear anything about the Fox News anchor that got accused of sexual harassment, and he's still on TV. Oh, what's his name? Oh, I can't think of his name right now. And that's that's uh, uh, an example right there is that nobody's talking Hannity. Yeah, Shane Hannity. He's still getting millions of dollars, getting paid millions of dollars. But he was recently accused of sexual harassment and all this other stuff. I don't see black women taking up that fight. I don't see black women killing him. No, but we do it to our own. We do it to our own. And that's the breakdown of what how society is a motherfucker. We, we kill ourselves. We are our own worst enemy. Seriously, we, we, we consistently, we get up here and we know everything that's killing our community. We know drugs is killing our community. We know gangs are killing our community. All the killings and all, you know, the uh, neighborhoods against neighborhoods and all this other stuff, you know, uh, the, the over-sexualized is killing our community. It's killing the, the, the family uh, aspect of our community. All these things are killing our community. But then we'll sit up here and say that we'll defend the music that we listen to that, that contributes to the killing of our community. We'll sit up here and watch the shows, the powers, the 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 uh what what's the other ones? We'll we'll sit up here and support the shows that display us in those images that kill us in our community. But then we ask why we police like this in our communities because these police are not from our communities. The representation of us that they see is on the TV and in the music. So when they hear these things and they see these things, they come to our communities and police us in those manners. But then we will get here and to somebody like me that hates that shit will defend it to me and say, oh, it's just the entertainment. No, it's not. That's how they see us. That's who we are in their eyes. So let's talk, let's talk about that when it comes to the black woman, which goes into this question. So as a woman, people who know me well know my biggest, my biggest gripe is uh, I don't do the, the male bashing. I don't do the, the father bashing. That bothers my soul to the, to the core of me because there are some really good dads out there. Um, and I'm in a couple of groups where these questions come up. These, these things happen where you have women, black women come in and say, well, you know, he wants to take her for about a week and he must don't know I'm her mama, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm, and I'm, I will say, I'm very proud to see that majority of the women conversation is, but he's her, he's her, he's the dad. I'm confused. Like, why do we treat fathers as second nature? So as men who, two of you are dads, um, one's divorced, one of you still married, but you are dads. And then on top of it, each of you have a girl. So how do you feel when it comes down to, first of all, being a dad, your role is being a dad. I've seen y'all with your kids, y'all all cute and stuff. Your, your girls look up to you, you know, to a, to a girl, to a woman at me who has been fatherless. I respect the male specimen when it comes down to being a dad to a girl. I watched her with her father and I appreciate that to the, the, my whole soul because that's our first love. Y'all are teaching her you know, what type of men are out here, which is a change in what you were talking about, you know, is it's a start of something. But you as fathers, 
How do you feel about when you do see the women bashing or let's let's call it what it is. I ain't even gonna front. You got the women, but when Father's Day come up, I should get a Father's Day card. And I'm like, no, 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 that's that's not how that works. No, that's not how none of that works. No. So how do y'all feel about that when you do see it? How do you let's break it down into pieces and uh -oh. I'm gonna say my on the first part and then I'll let uh be go. Uh, so it's not that you know is it, and it's a problem between black man bashing and black women bashing. So it's it's equal on both sides. So I, I don't want to make it just seem like that black women are the only culprits that do this because black men do it to black women. My first instinct is is that oh when black men say oh my baby mama ain't shit. And I hear black women say, oh, my baby daddy ain't shit. He ain't this, he ain't that. Or she ain't this, she ain't that. Well, you the one that chose to lay down with her. So what did that make you? You're on equal grounds with him. You chose that because nine times out of 10 that you knew what he was about or you knew what she was about. And first off, you chose to unprotect yourself and lay down with this person and create a life. So it's bad on both of you. Second off, like you said, I feel that, you know, uh, a mother and a father are on equal grounds. Yep. And, I'm a, and, I, and I'm a believer of, of God. So don't get mad at me because you had to go through the birth, the, the pain of birthing a child. I understand the pain. Don't get me wrong. I understand this is painful for you, but you still are bearing without my seed. So we are on even, we are even ground as uh, uh, parents. I, there's a reason God gave us two parents because two parents are supposed to pour into a child to make them a whole person. Because rather uh, a child is missing <coughs> a father, they're missing something when they get older. They're going to have some type of uh, uh, emotional problem or mental problem that they will have to deal with eventually because they, they missed out when they were a child. And rather the relationship work out or it don't work out, y'all have to put that shit aside and raise a child. And you got to understand that these, these things like mothers say, oh, he can't do that without my permission. Who do you think you are? That's that's my whole thing is like, no, that's not your place. Now, if it's a safety issue and you feel that, you know, she's in harm's way or the father feels like his child is in harm's way, okay, then you step up and you do something. If this person is on drugs, if this person putting their, their these children in dangerous positions or something like that. But other if it's not to that extent or he's trying to keep his child for a week and he want to take her somewhere and do something with them or do something like that who do you think you are to say no their mother yes but that's their father and i see it more than none on that side and like i said and i'm, I'm gonna switch over to you in a minute but like i said i'm gonna tell you my situation my situation is like i said earlier i was married before my three sons are from a previous marriage I've raised my sons since they were born. My ex-wife left when they were, my, my, my twin sons were only one. 
and my youngest son was a newborn. I did this, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I have no animosity against her for wanting the relationship to end or anything like that because it's not about us. It was about these kids. But my son stayed with me. She wanted to do certain things that wasn't uh, dealing with raising kids. So I'm not, I'm not going to let you take my sons and leave them with your grandma and your mother and your father and all this other stuff. No, we made these kids. I got them. Mm. Hey, man, you bring up some good points, you know. Um, um, as always, I like to simplify things, you know. So Gino, Gino said a lot of the things I feel and believe, um, but he also said the one major component of what's important, it's really affecting the kids. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of this stuff is unresolved issue that you have with the, the, the baby mama or the baby father. And I don't like to use that word because it, it sounds like a, you know, the, the child's mom or the child's father. A lot of issues when it comes to that are just unresolved between you two. So the child should not have to suffer. At, at, now that I'm a dad, I take parenting so serious. Man, I, I promise you, I've had conversations with dudes that are that are fathers, and I've had tears in my eyes um, from all the passion that I'm pouring out to them about why it's important to be in their child's life. So what people need to do is check their feelings and stop bashing the mom or the dad, because at the end of the day, you're taken away from the child, like Gino said. And... What we need to do as parents is to focus all of our attention on making sure that that, that son, that daughter, get what they need from both parents, man. So all this bashing stuff, like, and like Gino said, it comes on both sides. But majority, like you said, Shatoria, like, like, like your question poses, a majority of it is a lot of single moms bashing dudes. But when it comes, it comes to me, now I, I, I don't want to get too much into this because we're going to kind of talk about it later. But I do take parenting seriously. And. I, 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 it really, I'm choking up over here because as a, I, I never knew what parenting was about until I, until I became a parent. I will, I will admit this. I took my parents, parents for granted. When I had my daughter, I, I called my mama and apologized. I really did. I, I apologized to her because it's not until you become a parent that you understand some of the stuff that they were trying to. Because they do that curse on you. Your kids gonna be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I hope your kids they do that. Bro, that curse comes true. Man, hey. my mother deserved all the shit I did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, look, listen, listen. I wasn't a bad kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mama can tell you, like, she, my mama got two boys, right? And my brother, on the other hand, I don't wanna put his business in here, but let's just say, you know, it's always a good and bad seed, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, I love my brother to death, but that's just that's just the reality in some that's just the reality for some parents. There's always one that you have to focus on more than the other. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. That's just that's the reality. So if you, I, I if you, have a question for um Dro. Okay. Dro, you you're not a kid. I mean, you don't have kids yet, but with the with the concept, you know, you you and Bri, what what is your thought process about coming a dad? 
I've been, I, you know, I tell anybody, you know, I'm an African man. I've been had a family before I had a family. And that you, have, you have to understand what that means. That means that, you know, it's like, let me put this to you in the most simplest way possible, right? Well, let me give you what I was told. So one day, I was minding my business, frustrated because I got to take care of my mom and everybody else, right? And apparently, I got the right one that day, okay? I got the right African brother that day. That African brother told me to shut up. Oh, boy. Stop <laughs> playing. <laughs> he said, you are an African man. You take care of your family. You take care of mama. I don't care how hard it is at X, Y, and Z. Now, you're probably thinking, girl, what the hell does I got to do with kids? The point is, is that I had to mature fast, take care of my mom, you know, because it's like what she was used to back home, she ain't used to it here. So I had to really adapt and almost be like a parent and try to help my mom. And then on top of that, take care of my younger brothers, make sure that they don't get straight and, and, and messed up because then you're dealing with a whole other di dynamic. So when I say I had a family before I had a family, I meant exactly what I said. I've been prepared to have a family. Just because it ain't mine don't mean that I'm not able and capable of taking care of kids. The thing about it is that I value, I understand the family dynamic. I understand how X, Y, and Z. You know, like, for example, James, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of James. James was Damn. a complete F up in school, which I don't know if he was on a he, James is a DC dude. If there's anybody I can tell you, he is. DC dude through and through. And I'm talking like, he, had, he, you know, I used to talk a lot. You know, James is, is the fighter in the family, him and Andre. I'm, I'm chill. But my point about it is what I'm saying is James used to fight in school all the time. And his grades were so bad, I had to go to school. I had to go, you know, my mom didn't understand what those F's and D's are. She didn't understand. She just said, oh, what is this? I'm in here like, are you stupid? Like, what are we doing? So my, and then, you know, and I said, maybe my little brother is like me where he might need a non-traditional route to get to what he needs to. And from that day on, he's been good. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you just need a little bit of help and guidance. So for me, it goes back to just, you know, the nurturing, you nurturing, caring, and family values are instilled upon those who, who, who believe in that. If that ain't you and you're not built for that, just some folks just some folks are selfish. I'm not selfish. If you're a selfish person, don't have kids. Mm. Don't have, don't take care of it. It is what it is. You know, so if a woman says, I don't want kids, a man says they don't want to have kids, listen to them. Yeah. Listen. Don't put that pressure. So uh, I will say this. Yeah. We talked about it as far as the kids missing out when one parent is mm -hmm. not there. And there's there's effects on um we can talk about the, the male child for, for instance, and mm -hmm. then we can talk about the female child. Mm -hmm. When when a, a mother is raising boys by herself and the father is not around, um even the greatest mothers fall short. And I'm not so talking about they fall short in the sense of doing a great job because there's there's a lot of single mothers out here that's doing a great job in raising kids. But those children are missing out something out of something. Now then we can we we can talk about the mothers that raise their sons to three extremes. Uh mothers raise their sons to an extreme where they tell them that they're a man, they're not supposed to feel. 
you ain't supposed to cry. You ain't supposed to do this and all this other stuff. Now you're raising a person that will never express how they truly feel. Everything will come out in anger. If it's not happiness, it's going to be anger. If I'm sad, it's anger. If 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 I'm frustrated about something, it's going to come out in anger. If if I'm like uh uh feeling some type of way about something somebody said or did, it's going to come out in anger. Everything will come out in anger and happiness. That's it. Mm-hmm. And majority of the time, it will turn physical, in the sense of them them fighting because they don't know how to control those emotions because they was taught they shouldn't feel them. The second ex, uh, extreme is, is that these, a lot of mothers raise their, their sons as if it's one of their girlfriends. Oh, he goes to the salon with them. She takes him, she dresses him like hair. Uh, she takes him, she, he hangs out with her girlfriends and all this other stuff. So she, like, this is not a doll you play with and dress him up and all this other stuff. Then the third extreme is you raise him like he's your man. That is a child. He's not your king. He's not your 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 uh your 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 little boyfriend mm-hmm. or something like this. And these dudes will grow up to be mama's boys. They will never have families of their own because they're running to your every beck and call. Exactly. And you treat them like that. You'll never like one of his wives, the girl he likes, and all this other stuff, and all this other trash, you know, that y'all see today. Yeah, and it's, it's very widely seen today. That's what I'm saying. This, this is the mama's boy. Yeah, that's a dangerous one, to be honest. Because you couldn't, you couldn't keep a man, or you didn't have a man, or for any instance that you, you, you utilize this boy to be your man. And he is not for girls that's missing their fathers. And he's and let me talk to men uh, for for a second, dog. Like uh, these young girls need their fathers, and this is to mothers too. They need their fathers. This is the oh, first. Oh, hold on, hold on, Gina, hold on, Gina, hold on. Uh-huh. Chitoro, are we are we good with this one? Because we we touching on some. We good? We gonna roll into it? Go ahead. All right, go ahead, bro. Continue. Because I don't, I don't know, Gina, I don't know, Gino paying attention, but we getting there. Okay. So <laughs> they need their fathers in the sense of this is their first image of what a man should be. They need their fathers in the sense of to inform them on the games that men play with women. And don't want to get caught up in the lies that men tell to get women. Oh, oh, we tell lies. Oh, we play games <laughs> to get what we want. They need to. They need to be told that it's it's not the fact that you need a man, but you need a man from a man. It it's not the fact that I'm going to going to handicap you because I'm going to teach you everything that I know, so just in case you don't have a man, you are able to do these things. But at the same time, let you know that a man should be doing these things for you. So I learned a lot of stuff from my wife's father. I'm gonna tell you the truth. Her father, like I love this dude to death. Like uh, the way I seen him 
with his wife, her mother, his kids, her brother and her, and how he treats his family taught me a whole lot. Taught me a whole lot. And it, it, and it actually taught me what she expects from me because this is what she grew up with and what she seen. So he, her father taught me how to be a, a better man for her. Mm, that's deep right there. Man, you, you, I'm telling you, the father is very important in the daughter's life. And I know we keep talking about fathers being in the son's life and fathers right, being right. there for the boys, but you know, showing them how to be men, that's cool. Like that's, that's needed. But you don't want your daughter out here looking for a father figure in a man. That's how pimping started. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to touch on that as we get ready to end. But um, again, as I said earlier, as a, as a woman who was parentless, my, my mother and father were both out of the picture. So I was raised by my grandparents. And granddaddy taught us what he could. You know what I'm saying? You know, he taught us how to shoot, how to do, how to do all of that. One of the things that you said my grandfather did teach us was you would never hear us say, we don't need a man. Cause like my grandfather always told me, you're gonna need him for something because when you get home, you're gonna be lonely. You're gonna want somebody to talk to. Yeah. You're gonna need this, you're gonna need that. Now, I will give credit towards <laughs> <laughs> So I will say this and the one thing I appreciate, especially how you said how your father-in-law taught you because one of the things that me and my husband do, you know, I got my son, that's, that's my boy right there. And what I love is, you know, him and Ron relationship is like this, like best friends, but they know how to have a conversation. But at the same time as mom, he'll call me for certain stuff. But what I like about it is we, me and Ron have the communication to where we, my husband had to explain to, and, and Gino knows me and Ron's history. So my husband had to explain to my wonderful 20 year old, nah, dog, you can't treat no female like this because I treated your mother like this. And it did not turn out so well. You know what I'm saying? He had to actually break it down and, you know, for a man to actually say, oh yeah, and no, I screwed up a whole lot and this is how I screwed up. Don't do this because this is the reaction you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? We're teaching him that it's okay to love. Okay, if a girl loves you, it's, it's all right if she loves you and it's okay to love her back just because society says, as you said, nah, don't do that. You tough. You don't do that's not, And my daughter is the most sensitive little thing on God's green earth, her daddy can yell at her and she loses her whole mind. It's like, it's tears, it's rivers flowing, but they have that connection, they have that love. So that's one of the things I, I never got to worry about is her, you know, I ain't gonna lie, I kind of feel sorry for whoever she dates because <laughs> she is her daddy to the to the core. Like she's hardcore, she's very, she's like but an crazy is, is that the daughters are, will be more like their fathers because mm -hmm. my daughter is, is exactly <laughs> I, and I will say your daughter, she, Gino, yo, she, you, she, she is all you, you. and I love it, but society is, I, and I'm glad you gave the prediction earlier about the 7% because society, it, it makes our black fathers look horrible. Look horrible. Yeah. And I, yeah. Feel, so I, I love to see pictures with y'all, with y'all kids. Like JB posted the little video with baby girl. She reading her little poetry right here on the bike and stuff. That is what people need to see. Because I'm right, right, right. seeing dads in a bad light. Like they, you know, they out here selling drugs. They out here just not there. And some of them are not there by not their choice. 
But we already talked about that. We're going to let that be. And the thing about it is you got dads who want to be dads. Like you said, uh, these are things that we need to see. But at the same time, I think we need to to back out of the light. Like back out of the uh, the social media, back out of all that stuff. Disconnect from society when you are. And be you. And be you. And be and, at the same time, they need to hear things like, like your podcast and stuff like this because they need to hear encouragement that, you know, this is who we are. Right, you know, right, right. This is, we are, we, are, we are better than what the images of us are shown. We are way better than this. You know, I'm going to tell you right now that there's a, there's a difference between black people and niggas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you because black people are trying to raise their family, trying to be successful, trying to grow, uh, be fruitful and multiply with their, 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 their income, their family lives, their, their, their wealth, their health, all these things. But what's crazy is the small percentage of niggas out here are the loudest voices. And that is what people are, are, are chickening. Most attention. Hey, uh, Shatori, I want to I wanna commend you and your husband for what you just said. You're teaching your son that it's okay to tell a person that you love him. Mm-hmm. Like, I told you this last time we talked. I grew up in a household. I didn't hear it from my mama. I felt that I knew it. But she never told me. Me and my dad didn't tell each other we loved each other until I was in my late 20s. And then after we told each other, we had a whole conversation about how awkward it was telling each other. You know what I'm saying? And so these are things that in the black community we struggle with. We shouldn't feel awkward for telling our dads that we love them. You know what I'm saying? And so I make it a point every day, every time I talk to my kids. Words of affirmation. You big into that, right? I tell her I love her all the time. And I don't feel no type of way about it. That's how I know that I've evolved. Because I will say this to you three, though. Go ahead. I will say this to you three. You know, I, I say it's very big, like you said, Gino, for fathers to be in the picture, but men to be in the picture. And I'm, and I'm gonna tell you why, as a female, as a woman, um, I am that woman who did not have daddy in the picture. So I made decisions that I, I even said in my book and I said it on my self-love, I don't regret the decisions that I made because those things has got me to, to right now to be able to even discuss those things. But when we have the absentee of dads by choice or not by choice, a lot of people don't realize the damage that they cause their children, i.e. myself, molestation, rape. I was that, I sexualized everything. To me, sex was part of life. That's what I did. That's what I look for. I look for those things that, and Gino, and, you, you said it earlier. I, I was looking for things that I did not know what I was looking for. You know what I'm saying? It sounded good at the moment, but it's not what I needed at that time. So, you know, I, did, I don't say I destroyed. However, I grew up quick. I grew up in a household where my mom was a drug addict. You know, I had that life. And I swayed a little differently later on. However, I need people to understand absentee of a parent physically, mentally, and spiritually can completely destroy a child's life to where it's hard to get them back on track. If they don't have any positive influence at all, it is hard to get them back on track if they're absent. Parenting doesn't come with a a book. It doesn't come with a how to go about it. 
you got to trust yourself and go with it. Um, and one of the things that I've learned with my kids, I'm very open with my kids. When I say open conversation, we literally talk about everything. And I have to because I want my kids to know, you can come talk to me about everything. I don't care what you're doing, let me know. Because I want to be able to help you. I may not agree, but I'm not going to bash you. I'm going to help you get from A, B, and C. So that's one of the biggest things I always try to tell people. Our actions have consequences, good and bad. And you guys as dads, um, and even Dro as pe people, keep doing what you're doing. Stay in the lives and you know, be there. Because at the end of the day, the absence of all of that is going to kill our community. I mean, we already damaged. But it's going to kill our community. If people don't realize how many people, how many children, because we like to throw things on the front of the rug, but that's a whole nother story, um, has been molested, been raped, you know, all these things. And they don't talk about it. They don't, they don't touch it. They, they, they can't be themselves because we don't acknowledge and let them be themselves. So it took me a long time to be very outspoken in this form. It, don't you leave me alone, JB. It took me I'm saying me. I'm agreeing with you, bro. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Because when people, nobody knew. I didn't come out and said I was molested. And the first person I told was actually my mother. And this was in 2013. This happened when I was seven years old for about a year and some span. So to actually say it as a grown woman at 30 years old, that, you know, that's a long time to hold something in. And you know what I'm saying? And to not actually release it, let it go, or and get help for it. So my mother learned then, man, I we had a lot of stuff going on that wasn't spoken about. And a lot is because of absentee parents not feeling love. Like JB said, I love you. I yeah, no, man, that was not said in my household at all. We don't say I love you. We ain't hugging like that. We're not doing that. Um now in this household, no, we're saying I love you. We're hugging, we're giving high fives, we're doing the whole tire nine and I'm big on affirmation. So we told Janae every day, she has a whole affirmation chart. She says every morning, she's beautiful. She's intelligent because what I don't want and nothing against the black male, but what I don't want, I don't want her to depend on the black male to tell her that for her to know she is beautiful. She is intelligent. She is powerful because unfortunately I was that woman that depended on the black man to tell me I'm beautiful. I'm mm -hmm. And I ain't gonna lie, when you told me I felt like I need to give it's, myself to you. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, felt yeah, good. yeah. So I will say thank you guys for that. Um, on that, do anybody have like any closings? Before we end, I want I want Gino to educate the listeners on this toxic masculinity stuff. I, I I'm tracking based on the context of which you expressed it, but there are people that have never heard this word toxic masculinity. So I want you to give us some detail as to what that means to the people. Okay, so toxic masculinity. They've created this term toxic masculinity to describe, well, it was basically to describe men who chauvinist men, who mm -hmm. uh, disrespect women or think they have power over women. Yeah. Uh, their, their, their strength is all that matter. And, you know, they, they, they put down women and all these other things. So they've created this this term uh to describe um men who abuse women or uh, sexualize women um or or they do things to make them feel more like men uh far as uh, not being able to 
uh, have a discussion without it turning physical. They call it toxic masculinity. Uh, they they do it with uh, out being able to um, what what is what how I want to say it um, have a conversation, a disagreement, and then it turns physical. They call it toxic masculinity. Having uh, you disagree with certain lifestyles, your toxic masculinity, you know all this other stuff. So my thing is, is that they made black men the face of this, which it kind of ties into what I wanted to say before the end anyway, of the division in our community. And uh, we didn't really talk about, you know, this subject, but how black women and black men talk to each other. How we oh boy! So, and and this has been the topic of the of discussion a mm. lot is is that how America, uh, puts things in front of us that's not good for us, um, and how America don't care about women in general. Period. So why would they say why would they want you protected, especially black women? Why would they want you protected? So they 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 created the term toxic masculinity. They've they've created uh and made I'm sorry and made black men the face of toxic masculinity. Then they tell they've been telling black women that you're independent, that you're you don't need nobody. Then they tell uh black women that oh we're deadbeat fathers, we're deadbeats and, and we're not good for you and all this other stuff. So they've divided black men from black women. Guess why? Because they want you unprotected. That's a good explanation, man. Then you turn, they then you turn to your protector, which is the black man, and you degrade him. Degrade him. Yep. On a consistent basis. Demasculate him. You, you emasculate him. Oh, excuse me. I said, bro, I got two in him. That's it. That's it. That's emasculate it. him. I got two, three in me right now. I'm tripping. That is it. In 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 a, on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. You call him. You you tell him he's toxic on all these different levels. Mm -hmm. And what do you do? You raise your sons the opposite of being a man. And, and don't get me wrong, because there, there is men out here that degrade women and fit that bill. But mm -hmm. you say we, we don't protect black women. And this term, I, I, it burns my like blood like when I hear people say black men don't protect black women. You just negated the 400 years of black men dying for black women and protecting their families. You wouldn't be in the position you are in if it wasn't for black men and black women standing together, giving their lives together for you to separate us with it, saying that black men don't protect black women. So I'm, I'm a history fanatic, first off. So this is why a lot of these sayings and terms annoy the hell out of me. And I know what they're doing to us is creating a divide that's going to kill our community. Once we divide, they can, they can pick us off one by one. And that's what they've been doing because they, they consistently told black women that black men ain't shit and black men are your number one protectors. 
And then you turn to your number one protector and you degrade him, you emasculate him. And what makes him want to protect you? Yeah, that's how I go. And that's what I'm going to end with. Because I, I, before, before I let you go, tell us um, how they can contact you, you know, right now, Academy and everything. So I have a, a nonprofit organization uh, for kids ages seven to 19. Um, and I uh, initially opened it up to uh, deal with young black boys, but it is open to uh, both. That was within the last year, I opened it up to young black girls because it's not just black boys that need help, it's, it's our community. And our black girls need the same assistance because they struggle the same way black boys struggle. So my, my uh, nonprofit organization is called Right Now Academy and that's W-R-I-T-E, Now Academy. And uh, what we do is the basis of my academy is African-American history, first off. And I don't care what we do, we learn African-American history. It's taught, it's explained, it's discussed. Then the, the purpose of my academy is to open doors that we didn't know existed. Open us up to career fields that we didn't know existed. Education is the most important thing we can do in this life is educate ourselves on on everything we can. So we expose our kids to things they don't teach in school anymore. First being African-American history. Second, uh, the other things are like uh, being electrician, being, uh, how to change tires, how to agriculture, uh, how to wood shop and all these different things that they don't teach in school anymore. And we expose people to career fields that they didn't know existed. We expose expose them to new uh, new type of uh, things that they have never experienced. Like you know, uh, since I was in the Air Force, you know, flying, art, you know, think different things uh, that uh, they haven't been exposed to to get them away from only black people can do is play ball, rap, uh, entertainment drug deal, gangbang, you know, all these different things that we put, we've been put in this box to think that the only way I can make it out or be successful is to do one of these four or five things. Yep, the good old American construct. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And, and this is what uh, Right Now Academy is here for. We mentor, we, we, uh, we, like I said, we expose our kids to a lot of different careers. We expose, we, we tutor because like I said, education is the most uh, important thing because education is like war. And I, I see it like war because when you're in war, you never wanna run out of bullets, right? And right now you're, in, you, you're, you're fighting for your survival and education is your gun. And the more you learn, the more ammunition you have. And in, in the middle of your fight, you do, not, you do not want to run out of ammunition. So keep educating yourself on everything. Especially things that you're interested in and you want to make your career. You educate yourself to, to the most and you be the best at whatever you decide to do. 
So that's the basis of Right Now Academy. And how you can get in touch with me is my email for Right Now Academy is Gino, G-I-N-O dot Lagrant, L-A-G-R-A-N-T at rightnowacademy.com. I'm sorry, dot org. And so, I have that on the website. And uh, when we post, you know, when everybody see it, we'll make sure we tag so everybody can get in contact. Anybody want to donate? Um, I hate to say it. Unfortunately, this year, we won't be having our annual Right Now Academy uh, event. So, oh. so with that being said, I forgot to say that uh, Right Now Academy is uh, a nonprofit organization and we are a free program to every child. I don't make a child or a child's family pay for anything. So we pay for everything and we consistently take kids on field trips and when they're with us, they eat for free. They, nothing. You will never spend a dime if your child is with Right Now Academy because I feel like there's a lot of programs out here that that are, do similar things or set up for um, similar things uh, to help the black community. But the people that need it can't afford the help. So that's why my program is free. Everything we do will be free to the parents and everything. And like Tori just said, like I, I, I hate to say it, but we won't be having our annual Black Tie Gala. Um, mm. This is our fundraiser event that we we created since we started. Uh, this will be this would have been well actually, depending on COVID, we. Our plan was to move it to June instead of February because we usually do it in February, which is Black History Month, and it's our uh, annual uh, African American Heritage Black History, uh, I mean, Black Tie Gala. Um, We've had a great time for the last two years, and what we're going to do is try to move it to June. Hopefully, this COVID stuff will be under control and we can do it on Juneteenth instead of African-American History Month this year. So we're looking at Juneteenth now. Okay, all right, and we're definitely, that'd be definitely good because that's, you know, I'm blessed, my baby girl, that is actually her birthday is Juneteenth. So June 19th is baby girl's birthday. So Dro, Dro, you know, Dro hasn't spoken much on these topics today. (laughs) Dro, I need people to know how they can contact the resume man. So if you guys didn't listen to last week, Dro is the, the guru, and I said it, guru and resume writing, he, he's very humble, so he may not agree with me, but um, writing skills is good, private sector, government sector, does not matter where you are located, he is here to help. How can, well, first of all, how you want to close us out with whatever you want to say, and how can they contact you? Oh, as far as what I have to say to close out, I think, it, you know, I, I'm going to stress the importance of education, because I think that we can really are getting dumb and I mean <laughs> it is down to it and it really is sad because I was you know I, I'm going to preach education because even though I talked about how I dropped out of school and you know x y and z and, and got my my you know my bachelor's and my master's and everything else like I, I'm recognized that I'm a weapon I'm a weapon because I have free thought and a mind that is, is able to decipher the bs so I think that we're at a point where when even when it comes down to relationships, I literally just saw someone post something and it's taking everything within my power not to respond to what they to what they have to say. It's just that we're in a point where we're in a very, very serious crisis 
you know, in black relationships, and, and, and I'm not talking about nobody else. I'm talking about what we got going on. We are our worst enemy. We don't give each other proper credit when it comes to business. We, 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 it's still the black women, black men type, you know, issue when it comes to some of those things. There's a lot going on. And, you know, when at this point, all I want to do is just focus on the things that we can't change. You can change your surrounding by the people that you hang out with, elevate yourself. You can also work towards a certain goal. You find people with the same path, same ideas to help get you to a certain, a certain point. The biggest hindrance from what I've seen is that people believe you have to stick with the same community that you had 10, 15 years ago or, or five to seven years ago. No, you're going to elevate and you're going to have to be around other people that look like you, help you get to that next part of your life. And you have to be able to grow. And we're still stuck in the old mindset. You can't bring somebody with you that's moving up. And that's the biggest lesson that I'm dealing with right now is certain people don't need access to me. Mm. You know, yes. All these things that we used to, you know, enjoy. Guess what? Nah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take about 15 of them. I don't need 150. You're not coming with me. You know, so like, and, and so I'm at a point where you know, value, quant, quantity, isn't isn't quality. important. Quality of people and, and people around you. So I just hope that when folks understand, you know, nowadays it, it's more. It's, you have to put emphasis on quality. Relationships are meaningful based upon what you put into it. And immediate gratification has been a big thing. We need to remove Man. I know I be throwing gems every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah. that's what Bree be telling me. She be like, you be throwing some. I'm man, like, really? Man. And then I say something stupid. So for <laughs> that point, I'm just going to stop right there. And but you can contact me at RD Resume and Career Coaching on Facebook. Ardro Resumes on IAG. Richard Droson on LinkedIn. Oh, God. Let me, let me get on this real quick. I'm telling you guys right now, everybody on Clubhouse, <laughs> get it? I, I Listen, I'm telling you now, build your path through LinkedIn. Yes, you still need everybody else. Don't think that you have to stick with your community. I'm telling you. Absolutely. I'm making them tell you guys the moves I got going on this year, which I hope come to fruition. I, You know, I'm bringing everybody, those closer to me, with me. So, end of story. But you got to build your connection. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, JB, what uh, what you gonna close out with, and how can they contact you, Mr. Writer? Man, first off, I want to thank you, Shatori, for again giving me the platform and sharing it with these two uh, intelligent individuals, my man Gino um, and my my boy Dro. You know, we're gonna link up after this, man. We got to. She she uh -oh. she mended us together, and we we're gonna be homeboys after this. But um. I, I just want to, I want to tell people, man, um, you know me, Shatoria, guys, I'm all about thinking, elevate your thoughts, elevate your life, elevate your circle, um, uh, align yourself with like-minded people, man. Like, like, like Joe said, we don't have time for the BS no more. Like the stuff that we was on, I'm not on it no more. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but you can find me on Facebook, uh, JB's writer's page. You can find some of my work on there, more work to come as always. <laughs> you know, I laugh, man, but I'm not a big social media person. I know that sounds contrary to what I do. And given the world we live in, everything is social media based, but I need to be better. Um, again, you can find me on JB's Riders page on Facebook and also on Twitter at Meltdown706. Um, look out for more of my work to come, man. Um, I appreciate you for giving me the time, though. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I have enjoyed you guys on these wonderful two podcasts and I, I'm praying for change and that people can listen and take it in and work with each other. Um, and, you know, my prayer is definitely change within the community starting with us. So I I'm, I'm definitely can't wait for uh, to start to see changes. Actually, I'm looking forward to the change. But thank you guys for today. And thank you all out there that's been listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, this has definitely been eye-opener. You know, as I told you, I'm a Black woman. So I like to be able to have people on here that can speak on things that I cannot speak on. But as always, I tell you guys, uh, so thank you for joining us today on I Am Shatoria. You already know you can check us out on um, I Am Shatoria, uh, com, IG, Facebook. Do know that you're going to be able to see their information also on all of my platforms. And keep a lookout as we have things coming up. We have the, the book lunch. We have the business lunch. And our new affirmation cards, Valentine t-shirts for affirmation. So everything is out and about so get your items in as always we walk in love we live by uh we live by faith we are living fearlessly always 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 and as i always say too we do not say goodbye but we say see you later thank you guys for joining us and hey reach back out next week for another podcast hearing please enjoy the music of my boy anthony alley Thank you.